This is Future Charlotte, the show where we talk about the people, trends, and issues shaping our community's future. I'm your host, Eli Portillo. Charlotte's known for a lot of things. It's banks, it's breweries, and it's tree canopy. With trees of all sizes covering almost half of the city, we have one of the lushest and most verdant tree canopies of any major U.S. city. And that's important. In addition to their natural beauty, trees help keep us cool with shade, improve air quality, absorb and clean stormwater runoff, all of which are increasingly crucial in a warming and changing climate. But our tree canopy is under threat. We're losing trees to age, storms, and development. That includes clear cutting for new subdivisions and shopping centers and smaller infill developments in established neighborhoods. Jane Singleton Myers is the executive director of Trees Charlotte, a nonprofit organization working to change that. Jane, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. What a what an opportunity for Trees of Charlotte and Trees Charlotte. <laughs> there you go. Well, your name kind of says uh, a lot, Trees Charlotte, but tell me a bit more about the organization, who you are, what you do, what programs you run for uh, for people who aren't familiar. Yeah. So Trees Charlotte was founded and incorporated in 2012 in partnership with the city of Charlotte. Uh, Knight Foundation was um, a huge uh, original uh, dinner and getting us off the ground, uh, as well as Foundation for Carolinas. And it was basically just the, at the time it was they, we had gotten a survey that said Charlotte had about a 49 percent canopy coverage. And hey, let's make sure we preserve that. When they got when we got the results back that we were 49%, the city of Charlotte with those partners um, created the 50 by 50, which means 50% canopy coverage by the year 2050. Uh, it was a great idea. It, um, it was probably a little, it didn't over well, it didn't incorporate the um, growth that we were getting ready to start to be at come. So I heard a recent statistic that said around, uh, we, we used to be the fifth fastest growing city. And just last week I read we're the third fastest growing city in the country. Um, and so I don't know that that, um, projection was, was fully realized. So we've gone the other direction. Um, we, we did a, a survey in 2018 and found out, uh, that we are actually at four, we were actually at 45% at that time. So on average, losing a half a percent. The good news is there was growth that was an 8% loss, but a net loss of uh, 4%. Um, and so what we're trying to do is raise awareness around the trees and our canopy, the value of them. So Tree Shelf's mission is to grow, diversify, and steward our iconic urban forests, uh, as well as educate our citizens on the value of and care for trees. So you mentioned that we're somewhere in the neighborhood of 45% tree canopy coverage. Uh, As of the last time this was measured and studied, Uh, what do we know about the state of Charlotte's tree canopy and how that's been changing? Yeah, we also, um, and in partnership with with your area, with UNC Charlotte, um, had benefited from research around that and actually think probably today if trends are holding, which we think that they are, um, we might actually be 44% or less um, since that last survey. But, um, you know, we, we've learned that the loss is um, happening, as, as you well covered in the introduction, a significant loss. Um, in the the individual or single-family zoned housing, residential zoned um, areas. It's around 60%. Um, And that tells us that we need to um, help citizens or Charlotteans understand um, that their role in in caring for trees and planting trees um, is is critical to the preservation for um, for our our iconic urban forest. And I would argue why most people love living here. (laughs) 
Yeah. You know, and uh, that's one of the first things you see if you're flying into Charlotte, of course, is that kind of emerald carpet with Uptown rising from the middle of it. But, um, you know, you mentioned something that I think is surprising to a lot of people, and that is the fact that a lot of the tree canopy loss we're seeing is individual trees on um, residential lots. I think people probably assume it's all new subdivisions, new, you know, green fields growth. But this highlights that we really have uh, an important role to play as individual homeowners and residents um, that I think people maybe didn't appreciate as much before. I, I thank you for calling that out. I totally agree. Um, you know, I think it's uh, things that I learned. I've been in this role for a little, like a little over a year, and um, was always that was one of my favorite thing about Charlotte. Uh, anywhere you travel, people say, "Oh, you're from the city with all the trees," mm-hmm. and such pride would take in that and calm and looking around and seeing um, our beautiful urban forest. But I had no idea. So 10%, less than 10% of property or land is owned by the city. The rest, you know, mostly private property. Um, and 60, I think it's 65, 65% of, of, of land is residentials, right? So when, and then another 60% of that loss is with infill, with disease, with storm and right of way safety. So um, it's really important for each person to understand, you know, their individual impact. I think the analysis I've used is, you know, if someone has a home and they're taking out five trees because they're putting in a pool or they're worried it's going to fall on their house, a um, hundred people do that and, and you have a much more significant impact and then 10,000 people do that and you have a much more significant impact. So it's, it's kind of like, um, it's easy to understand why people might not fully understand um, that their little impact contributes to a much greater loss. But the good news of that is that they can also be part of the solution um, because, you know, we can plant trees back. Yeah. One tree here, five trees there. I live in in South Charlotte and have seen that really uh, vividly in my neighborhood. We have a, a great tree canopy, lots of huge mature trees, but, you know, one of our trees um, in my yard started splitting. So, had to take that down. Um, the neighbors, you know, putting in additions, a few go here, a few go there, and suddenly it's a lot more uh, blue sky. So um, that's development is one one threat facing our tree canopy. You mentioned um, a couple others, storms, disease. What else should people be aware of as potential problems, issues, threats to the tree canopy? Well, you know, I, I think that's what's been so interesting as well. And um, everything I've been learning about Tree, tree Charlotte and, and the trees of our city, uh, it, is, it is so complicated. Um, you do have the development, which are the easy, is easy to look at because you see that as a much, you being one, the citizens see that as the much bigger splash, like the, the wide reaching 50 acres being clear cut to put in 200 track homes. Um, and, and so it's, it's more, it has a bigger splash, but you, you, you know, there's also the death by a thousand cuts that I think is really from a data perspective is the bigger impact. So, um, but it all matters. And we need, if we can move the dial a few percentage points on in each lane, whether it's um, new development or redevelopment um, and, and just replacing trees as they age out, then we can um, we can build, start to go the other direction. Hopefully, that's that's our goal is to get to net neutral and then start to grow and maybe get to that fifty by fifty if, if at all possible. 
So I know you have a long background in both Charlotte and uh, the nonprofit space. Tell me about how you came to this job. Uh, why trees? <laughs> um, so it's ironic. Yes, I've been in Charlotte since 1997 and um, from was born in Conway, raised in Myrtle Beach originally. And actually my father and grandfather win the uh, timber and lumber business. So <laughs> I was raised knowing that wood is good. Um, but we also in that industry, it's, you know, really a, it's, a, it's an agricultural product. And so they they would plant back six trees for everyone they cut down. And that was instilled in me very early on. Um, and so coming full circle here is really been rewarding to me to be kind of back in the family business of planting trees um, or growing trees really more accurately. Um, and that's really where Tree Charlotte is starting to pull focus. Um, but yeah, so I've been in, in this role for about a year, a uh, little over a year. And, um, and uh, I was with Tree, um, First Tee of Greater Charlotte prior to that. And then about 18 years of corporate America and UNC Charlotte, actually, um, as part of my tenure um, in my career. Yeah, well, all roads lead to UNC Charlotte. That's one thing I've <laughs> learned uh, learned working here for the last few years. So I think that uh, in our community, there's a growing recognition that trees provide benefits beyond just being pretty, you know, wildlife habitat air purification, free air conditioning, uh, if you think of shade that way. How do you talk about the benefits of Charlotte's tree canopy with people in the community? And, you know, if, if someone says to you, I mean, I like trees, they're fine, but eh, really, what's the big deal? Um, how do you address that? Well, you hit on a lot. It's it's funny because it is so wide reaching. <laughs> there are mental health benefits. There are physical health benefits. Um, there are financial benefits, um, and it, and it is a uh, tax burden. I think Doug Shoemaker is the one who I've heard said this, you know, trees are a, um, a public good with the cost privately borne, And that really becomes, um, part of the challenge with the loss being on the individual, you know, or, or with, um, residential, um, housing, but, um, I, you know, with, with, we're talking to schools, um, research shows that trees reduce ADHD, um, help students focus better. If they just take a 10, 20 minute walk, that's also true with um, businesses. <laughs> if they get out and they get a fresh air and, and get some time with trees that, that um, people come back more collected. Um, streets where people drive, if it's a street line tree, it can, um, a street line tree, a street that's tree lined, it can um, be a, as much as eight miles per hour of reduced uh, speed, which in Charlotte is staggering to think what, how fast people would drive if our streets were our streets weren't so well lined with trees. Um, yeah, but I they think drive plenty fast as is, so that's a little that's uh, right. little frightening. <laughs> it is. It would be it'd be a uh, NASCAR, but um, but yeah. So I mean, I think I think the the power bills you've mentioned that and energy is such um, an important conservation um, with um, how things are you know evolving in our. Um, in our city and our nation. And I think um, we've done some research. You can, we've even just gone out with the temperature gauge and it, you can get a 10 to 12 degree temperature dis, you know, difference from being out in the sun and being in the shade. Uh, and so if, if we're talking to um, less canopied areas, then I would certainly um, want to talk about that because in, uh, in the underinvested areas, 
there is um, there is definitely a less a less canopy presence. Therefore, that um, heat Allen effect or the heat differential is is pretty significant because you often see uh, in the uh, divested communities um, higher heart disease and asthma, to name a couple of conditions and um, health conditions. And trees can help with lowering the heat because those those um, those are also symptoms that are triggered from from high heat. So um, there's it's depends on who you talk to, but there there's something if home home property value um, is as re recorded to increase 10 to 20 percent um, if it's a well treated um, property. So it's there's something for everyone. <laughs> um, and not let's talk about the fun factor. You know, your favorite memory as a child, everybody has a great tree story of climbing their grandparents magnolia or, or something. So um, a hammock in between too. Um, so yeah, that I think I think that there's there's a value for everyone uh, that that they can get from having trees around. Yeah, I uh, fell out of a dogwood tree and took a trip to the ER when I was a kid. So uh, <laughs> I'm a big fan of trees, but they uh, they can they can get you too if you're <laughs> like a clumsy kid flailing around at the top of them. <laughs> That's true. I, I got the wind knocked out of me falling out of a tree when I was about five or six. You never forget it, though. <laughs> yep, there you go. <laughs> so, you know, you kind of point to um, the fact that, I mean, if you're running a nonprofit, everybody likes trees. You know, there's not really uh, much of an anti-tree lobby. And yet we're still losing trees. We're still putting um, some things like development ahead of them. Um, I don't know. How do you think about that kind of contradiction um, maybe in in how much we like trees, how much everyone seems to support trees when you talk to them, but the way that we're still sometimes um, putting other things ahead of our tree canopy? Yeah. Well, you know, I, I have found, and not to contradict you, um, it was surprising, but everybody doesn't love trees, or maybe it's probably better articulated that everybody might like trees on someone else's <laughs> land. That's probably um, a really good way to put it. Yeah. You love trees if they're not making you rake every Saturday, or you're worried about the tree falling on your house, or, you know, what animals might be living there, but that's also well, not the falling in the house, but that's why they are um, add so much value is um, it, it's, you know, I, it's, it's been a little surprising because I kind of, I kind of thought that, but I will fully I share this all the time. My, when I bought my first house, I had a huge oak tree on it and called, um, thankfully, a certified arborist because I was like, oh, if that's going to fall on my house. Just we hear that all the time, but I myself thought it. And he and the and the guy, if it's a good company, if it's a certified arborist, they care about preserving the tree, not about getting paid to take the tree out or to do work. And they, and this company told me, oh, this tree's perfect. Don't do anything. Leave it here. We'll come back in like five years and check it. And that stuck with me. Um, and I think we've run into that so much of of um, just misunderstandings people have around um, the danger of trees. They are very well designed. They've been 
uh, around, around longer than we probably even know, the ginkgo being the oldest tree, known tree. Um, and so they, they understand how to weather a lot. That doesn't mean that, um, that they don't have problems, but even little, there's little myths that we um, are trying to debunk, such as uh, if a tree has a dead limb, it doesn't mean the tree's dead. Just like we might lose a little bit of our hair when we brush our hair or wash it, um, trees do that too. Um, and so having, having that knowledge of a certified arborist to kind of help you is, is really important. Um, so I think, I think it's for, for us, the way Tree Charlotte is really, um, trying to go in our next 10 years is get more, is become more focused on the education component of our mission and really, and really trying to, to make everybody aware of, of their role um, with the trees and, and what the trees are really doing for us. Yeah. Tell me more about that. Um, what are your goals around education? What does that look like uh, from your perspective? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we, we've had a great start um, and it was critical work. Largely what we spent our first 10 years doing were plantings um, and what we call now, now call tree adoptions, the plantings when we start it and we, and we disperse about 5,500 trees a year, give or take um, in a planting season, which is in North Carolina, it's October through March. Um, so um, when we started 10 years ago, 75 plus percent of our trees were, were being put in or being added to the community through a planting now, and now we're kind of reversed. It's um, about 25 are planting. And that has to do with just, uh, the the challenge of not having land to plant um, because of the growth that we're sustaining. So um, the good news of that is that with um, a lot of loss happening with um, residential property, giving away you know thirty five hundred trees every year to um, homeowners is is a good thing because that helps grow that piece. Um, but we also want to keep looking at the ways we partner, whether it's with developers, um, if they will have us at the table um, to, you know, they might have their required 15% to put in. Um, we, we would love to be at the table and put in the 16 to 20 uh, or something, you know, to kind of make sure we're going above what's required, you know, and um, that would be a, that would be a huge win uh, with single families. Um, again, we're, what we're trying to do is um, also evolve into recognizing where canopy coverage is less in our city, um, which uh, runs along the Crescent, which runs along the historically red line areas, and getting to be more of a community partner with, within those um, areas. Um, because, because while 20, 15, 20% coverage might not sound a lot, and it, and it isn't compared to South South Park, where I live as well, South Charlotte, and it's 70, it's like a 55, 50 to 55% coverage. Um, so that's a huge disparity, but um, um, but relative to say Trees Pittsburgh, uh, one of our counter organizations, um, our partner organizations, they are trying to get their divested communities to 7% wow. uh, community. So Maybe I should take a moment too to explain canopy coverage is the basically the simple way to think about it is, is the aerial shot of how far the trees trees that are leafed out and the coverage that they provide because some some folks have asked that question of me before. Um, so having a 15 to 20 percent canopy is good. It's mature. It's not great. It's not you know top of class, but we can work to get there and we can look at the ways that we can help with care for the mature trees, because um, 
mature trees are going to do more than um, more value around where carbon's, you know, cleaning the air, um, absorbing water, uh, cooling because they have a wider reach. They are they are actually providing more value to our city. And so caring for those and keeping those around as long as we can is really important. And when if you you said earlier you've had tree care work done in your property, it um, you know that it is not cheap. <laughs> and so when you think about um, if someone's having to choose between getting a mature tree care done and, and where their next meals are coming from, it's not going to be a priority, but they're at risk. So we're really, it's really gotten complicated, but we are leaning into figuring out how to, um, you know, get into more of being partners. And so that it is an ongoing, instead of being transactional, hey, we plant a tree, you know, we'll, we'll see you next tree planting or distribution that, that we continue education efforts around how to care for the trees, um, bring them up through maturity so they don't need as much work when they're older um, so that it is a lower cost engagement. Uh, right tree, right place is something we say a lot, but really making it more of a, um, you know, relational going forward. So that's, that's our, our intended evolution where we're, we're building out. I can't fully tell you what that looks like yet because we're, we're in build mode on it. But we're really excited because I think I know it's the right thing to do and um, and we're well positioned to do it now. So, um, yeah, it's exciting time. Yeah. Well, you mentioned that, you know, in the U.S. trees are tied to equity and inequality, like so many other things with how we build our communities. And I've seen media coverage about studies showing that minority communities and historically underinvested communities have less tree cover now. They're hotter in the summer. The heat island effect is more pronounced. Mm -hmm. Tell me more about how you're working to address that in Charlotte, uh, where we've got that legacy as well. Yeah, um, great question too, because um, you know it's it's easy to. I think we all do this when we uh, or, or have the potential to do this when we try to do the right thing to do it from our frame of reference and where we are sitting. And I think it's so important to, if we're going to try to help in a lane that we understand the shoes that that, that person is in versus ours, right? So uh, a, a, if a good story um, that we learned about early on was in Detroit, who they had this situation where the city was going, going into the divested communities and wanting to plant trees. And they're like, no, wait, because the listening wasn't done around um, you know, what was, what was being given to them and, and how they wanted their community, that community wanted to, to be developed. Uh, and so taking that lesson from as well as another example, um, Los Angeles um, had uh, trees that they were planting um, years ago, and then not, not really anticipating the cost for the care down the road. So again, in that right tree, right place thing, and not picking on those folks, every, they're always were well-intentioned, but to answer your question, we really want to make sure that that it's a partnership, and that's why it's let's not let's let's move away from the transactional aspect. We have a community engagement manager that's um, that's her primary focus is to foster relationships uh, across the divested communities um, and go where 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 we can make a, a significant impact, um, and it, and it's wanted, and it's a, it's going to be you know mutual relationship going forward and that we're not just kind of 
coming in to try to be the big change and that that um, everybody there wants um, wants that value. And, and that, it, that's there. We're starting to see that. So it's exciting time, but it's listening. <laughs> this is yeah. the short answer to what you said. Well, I've had um, some conversations with Doug Shoemaker and you know, I know he's done some work in Revolution Park, um, a historically black neighborhood in near Center City. And yeah. one of the things that I've talked about with him is the fact that for a lot of uh, homeowners there, there's real concerns about the thousands of dollars of price tag uh, that can come with a tree that needs to be removed for disease or you know the potential for damage to a house that you mentioned. Mm-hmm. And we've kind of been talking about this, but you talked about um, right tree, right place. How do you make sure that you're you know, putting the right tree in the right place and that not only are trees distributed equally, but that people are able to care for and maintain the trees that we have and that you're planting as well? So um, from back to forward, um, I mean, first, yeah, I wanted, let me, the bigger answer on how, um, how we ensure that we're doing the right things is when we, when we do plantings in neighborhoods and right now it's, it's going to be the public space. We're not planting on individual homes yet. I do see that uh, coming in the future, but, um, but we, you know, we have a certified arborist on our staff um, and we work to make sure that. I mean, that is just in the knowledge of the business that the arborists know that and what the tree size will actually be one day, how far to position it from the house so that it's giving the right energy benefits um, and that sort of thing. So we we can we we want to make sure that we're whenever we do a planting, we we do it right. Is I guess the short answer. But for the citizens and when we do adoptions now, which again, 75 percent of, of the trees, we take them through a um training every every person who registers to get a free tree uh come they come to landscape management where we're located or wherever we're holding the adoption and we we they're there a good 45 minutes and spending time um we'll have people stationed to just answer general questions but we take uh, everyone through a planting and even if you've done it before you still have to go through it because you learn something new every time but um but yeah so that's how we kind of ensure that we're doing the right things um and helping empower them. We encourage people if they've gotten trees from us before, they can send us pictures and we can consult over email or such if um, there's a problem. But um, but generally it's it's um, doing the trainings up front and, the, and education is so important to it. With Revolution Park, Doug, yes, Doug got us started on some really great work over there um, and did excellent analysis. It was really fun to to pilot what uh, a lane in which we might be able to add the most value um, because we started, you know, with a tree adoption, there was very few trees, but it is, it is a well canopied area. And um, it is around a, if I recall correctly, a $35,000 annual um, income area. So um, you're right. If you have, if you have a thousand dollars of tree care work, that's, that's not okay. <laughs> that's, that's not um, easy. Right. Um, and so, so with, we, we piloted doing um, some tree care, mature tree care in that area. Uh, we had about 19 homes exactly that met a federally funded program um, and are work, getting the work done now. Um, fortunately, the, the work, and I think with partners, um, with an arborist company that's um, Arbor Guard that was trying to um, do it 
more cost effectively for us. Um, but we'll come in under 40,000, which I think the original thought would it would that it could have been into six figures for that number of homes. So um, we're real pleased with being able to help folks that way um, that need it and and preserve our our canopy. Only only one tree came down. It was really just tree care that was needed. So um, that's been a very rewarding pro- project. We're almost finished with it. I think we got another month or so. Um, but yeah, you'll hear more on that uh, in the next few months. So what's your favorite tree? And I know that might be uh, a tough question, but um, I'm curious if you had to pick one, what would it be? It is such a tough tree. I mean, such a tough question because I have one for every sense probably, <laughs> but, um, but I, I usually, I usually go to Magnolia because I remember being a kid and, um, both grandparents had Magnolia trees. And so, you know, sometimes when you're a kid, you're like, Oh, grandparent was it, you know, you're away from your friends or whatnot, but I loved climbing the trees and, and it often helped you meet other people in the neighborhood. If your grandparents were in another city, which some of mine were, uh, and then when I bought my first home, there was a magnolia tree in it. So my nieces um, and now my stepkids, um, we all climbed that tree <laughs> together. And I just loved the, I don't know, the symmetry, the continuity of that, of that memory and that experience um, for my family. Well, as we come to the end of our time here, uh, there's a question I like to end this podcast with, and that's if you could change anything about Charlotte, if you were queen of Charlotte, had a magic wand, whatever that might be, uh, what would it be and why? Oh, I would, I would make it, I would, and I would make it the 50% canopy coverage by 2025. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I think, I think, uh, I think we can do it. My first three to six months, I wasn't sure. I was like, Oh, how we're going the wrong direction. How can we ever do that? But as I've learned more about, I mean, I know we said everybody doesn't love trees, but I think everybody cares about our canopy. And I think everyone loves that about Charlotte. Maybe that's, maybe that's the the tagline. And so I would, I would, I would give people the power to, and the motivation to do what they can for the, the canopy that I know they love. And with so much of the canopy on private land and private residential land, there's almost certainly something everyone can do. Yes. So thank you for helping us raise awareness on that. Appreciate it. And where can people find out more uh, about Trees Charlotte, follow what you're doing and uh, get involved? TreesCharlotte.org. Yeah, we would love, please follow us. We're having our first um, citywide tree adoption this weekend, 600 trees. They all got claimed in the first 20, 30 minutes. <laughs> it's amazing how quickly they sell out. So, um, but there'll be others. So follow our website and come get your free tree. Great. Well, thank you so much for the time. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for the opportunity. Thanks for joining us on the Future Charlotte podcast produced by me, Eli Portillo at the UNC Charlotte Urban Institute. You can find us on Apple, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. If you like the show, Please rate it, share it with your friends, and keep looking to the future, Charlotte.